Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching from our lead pastor, Adam Scott. Hey, good morning, Northridge. How's everybody doing today? See, I knew you were going to say that, okay? Would you believe that of all the conversations that have happened in this place this morning, not one person, when asked that question, how are you doing, has expressed any kind of real problem, struggle, or challenge in their life? Isn't that amazing? Like, way to go us. We don't have any issues whatsoever, right? Let me reenact every conversation you've had today, okay? You walk in the building, and, and you said, hey, how are you doing? You said, good. How are you doing? And they said, good. Hey, how about this weather? Or did you watch the game yesterday? You know, what we do is we ask a question that, that we don't intend to answer. And, and honestly, we don't really expect anybody else to answer. We wouldn't know what to do if they did answer it. And then we take off running for a conversation, a topic that sounds more safe, easy, and comfortable. Okay, I want you to look at the person next to you and I want you to say this. Say, I'm sorry I lied. <laughs> say, I've got so many issues, I've got subscriptions, okay? <laughs> Yeah, we've, we've got problems, don't we? Like everything is not always good. So let me tell you what's gonna happen this month, okay? This month, and instead of just staying on the surface and, and talking about how good everything always is, which it should be at times, and we should be able to have those conversations, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna go a little bit deeper under the surface, and, and we're gonna show some courage together, we're gonna show some authenticity together. We're gonna to show some vulnerability together as we talk to one another about what's really going on in our lives. Listen, I found a picture online this week that I think is gonna perfectly illustrate how this conversation is gonna go. Let me show this to you, okay? Isn't this perfect? I, have you ever seen something more real in your entire life? Listen, this is me on the outside. I'm, I'm perfect, I'm, I'm great, I'm, I'm well put together, but on the inside, some days, I'm an absolute mess. And I, I bet some of you feel the same way. You see, some days you would say, this is me, I'm battling anxiety, or I'm struggling with addictions. Some of you would say, listen, I'm, I'm lonely, if I'm being honest, or, or I'm lost and alone. Some of you would say, look, on the outside, I look great, but on the inside, I'm, I'm spiraling deeper and deeper and deeper into depression. Some of you would say, if I were being honest, I have trauma and I have loss in my life and it's following me around like a dark cloud. Some of you would say, listen, the way I think or the way I compare myself to one another is other people is crippling my life. And, and some of you would say, when I'm being honest, I, I sometimes doubt my own self-worth or why God made me this way. Listen, with all of that stuff going on underneath the surface, here's what I'm challenging us to do this month, okay? Let's stop talking about the weather and let's put sports down for just a minute so that we can talk about the stuff that matters a lot. Let me say this before we get started, okay? I am not a counselor or a psychologist. I am not an expert in mental health, okay? I'm sorry if that's what you came for, okay? I did get a B on the only counseling class I took in college. So take that for what it's worth. But I want you to know who I am. I'm just a preacher who has a platform that I wanna use to open the door to conversation that's gonna lead to life change. Okay, we're not gonna solve everything that we talk about on stage, okay? That's not the goal of this series. What we're doing is we're opening the door to conversation so that life change can happen. 
And let's pray before we jump into things today. Heavenly Father, we, we come before you just vulnerable, open, and honest. God, we're not ready to do that with everybody just yet. It's scary, it's uncomfortable. But God, before you, we know that, that you know our hearts. You know the deepest parts of us. You know where our struggles really are. You know where we were last night, not just this morning. And so God, we pray that you, you step into our lives, work in our hearts, challenge us, and help us to deal with some of the issues that we're struggling with. God, I pray that throughout this series, you send people to a place where they can, they can hear the things they need to hear, where they can find some next steps so that they can pursue you and God, they can break through some barriers that have been holding them back for too long. God, we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here's the problem. Okay, the problem is when we talk about mental health in church, a lot of times we, we bring these ideas or assumptions into the conversation that have no basis in scripture whatsoever. You see, we cling to these ideas that are a part of Christian culture and, and what we wanna do before we jump into any of the hard topics is we wanna address some of these myths. We wanna work through these things so that we can stand on common ground together as we deal with some difficult issues. Okay, here's the very first one that I want us to deal with. Myth number one, Christians do not, or they should not, struggle with mental health challenges. How many of you ever heard or felt that in some variation at some point in time, anybody? Okay, quite a few of you have heard or you've felt that at some point in time. I think this is the primary reason that, that we don't open up about our struggles in church, right? Because we're not supposed to have any. Some people will say it this way. They say when a person gets baptized, like they, they go under the water with mental health challenges, but they come up out of the water and they're cured, right? Just like that. We've baptized 36 people over the past two weeks. How incredible is that? But the idea behind this is that we baptize these people into the water and then their, their, their mental health issues just stay right there in the water. That's why we have to use so much chlorine, okay? So that we can get rid of that stuff for the next person. Some people say it a different way. They say, what, whatever it is that you're struggling with, more, more faith or, or more commitment or more prayer is the cure. In other words, if you're a Christian and you're struggling with your mental health, it's your fault. If you were a more committed Christian, if you were more committed to following Jesus and having faith in your life, it would just magically go away. But listen, however they phrase it, it all boils down to this. Christians do not or should not struggle with their mental health. True faith, more faith, desperate faith will make us healthy. Here's what I think is funny. We don't apply that logic to any other area of life. You see, we don't, we don't say if you just have faith, your kids are gonna behave all the time. We don't say that if you just have more faith, if you just get baptized, God will step in and he will improve your credit score. He will cure genetic baldness and he will pay off your student loans. And we don't hear that, we don't think that, right? God can do all of those things, amen? God can do anything he wants to do, but there is nothing in the Bible that suggests he will eliminate all of our problems just because we have the faith that he can. Look at Paul, for example. Paul is, is one of the greatest and most influential Christians in all of human history. Paul wrote about 25% of the New Testament. He was a man that was defined by faith and a deep commitment to Jesus. But in 2 Corinthians, he, he says that he's tormented by this mysterious thorn in the flesh. 
Now, we don't know what that thorn in the flesh was. Maybe it was anxiety, maybe it was depression. Many people believe it was vision problems, okay? I personally believe it was a chain of anonymous letters. But either way, <laughs> this is what he says about that struggle, 2 Corinthians 12, eight through 10. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and in insults and in hardship and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. Listen, God can take it away. And Paul asks that he does. That's what he should do. But for whatever reason, God chooses not to work in that way. And so Paul's response, after what we can only assume were some long, difficult, intense nights of prayer, was to simply say, I believe that God still sits on the throne. I believe that God still has a purpose and a plan for my life. And I believe that God still loves me completely. See, Paul chooses to embrace whatever God would choose to do whenever he would choose to do it. He assumes maybe God will use this issue to help connect me to other people that are struggling. Maybe he'll use this issue to help increase my strength so that I'm ready for what he has in store for me next. Maybe he's gonna use this issue to keep me humble and keep me dependent on Jesus Christ or maybe, just maybe, he's gonna work through some other means at a later time to provide relief. Listen, we can't move on from this myth without addressing whether it's okay for Christians to seek help or relief from any source that is not God or whether that demonstrates a lack of faith. Can a person who is a Christian that has faith in Jesus use medication to seek help for their mental health issues? Can a person who loves and pursues Jesus and has faith that he can do all things, can they see a counselor or a therapist to find help? Let's, let's say Paul's issue was his vision. Would it demonstrate a lack of faith if he were to put on a pair of glasses? Absolutely not. Let me say this clearly because I believe somebody in here needs to hear this. God is the God of all creation. He is the creator of all of the resources that we use for medicine and healing. He is the creator of all the therapists that he uniquely gifted so that they could help people in their time of need. It is okay to love Jesus and still need a counselor. It is okay to rely on Jesus and medication to fix the chemical imbalance in your brain. Listen, Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, all the way back in the 1800s, this is how he addressed that question. He said, it would not be wise to live by a supposed faith and cast off the physician and his medicines any more than to discharge the butcher and the tailor and expect to be fed and clothed by faith. We make use of medicines, but these can do nothing apart from the Lord. Listen, not everybody needs medication for their mental health, but some people do. And when the struggle becomes too much, getting help is not a sign of weakness, it is a sign of wisdom. Listen, just so we're clear, we're all on the same page. I'm a pastor who loves Jesus but I'm also a pastor who takes medication to deal with anxiety in my life. I'm also a pastor who sees a counselor on a regular basis. 
And for many of you that are just like me, this battle is not going to be an easy one. You need to load up your arsenal with tools, but trust that God will be with you through it all. Sound good? All right, here's the second myth that we're gonna talk about. Mental health is not addressed in the Bible. Okay, we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this because the rest of the series is gonna build it out. Next week, for example, we're talking about um, the depression of an Old Testament prophet and how God stepped into that situation and helped him through those difficult moments. But I do wanna touch on this. You see, some people believe that mental health is a modern problem. And because it's a modern problem, the Bible can't speak to those issues and it can't encourage those who struggle with them. Listen, I want you to understand that although the phrase mental health is never actually used in the Bible, the subject is talked about on almost every single page. The book of Psalms, for example, we could camp out in the book of Psalms for this entire series, but this is what it says in Psalm 88, three through four. The psalmist writes, I'm overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. Listen, that seems to be a prayer of someone who's battling with anxiety and depression in their life. But this book made it into the Bible. This prayer made it into the Bible, which shows us that God doesn't require us to hide our emotions or our struggles when we come to him for help. We can be open and we can be honest and we can share what we're going through because he is able to handle it, he's able to respond to it, and he is able to love us through the mess that we offer to him when we're feeling overwhelmed. There's another example, Romans chapter seven, verses 22 through 23. It says, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me. It's waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. This is written by Paul, and he talks about something that's waging war on his life. It's challenging his freedom. But when he talks about an enemy that's holding him down, he doesn't name Satan. He talks about something that's going on in his mind. Listen, if you struggle with your mental health, Paul can relate to you, and he can help you put words to the battle so that you can gauge in it more fully. One more example, 1 Peter 5, 7. It says plainly, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And so we're gonna dive deeper and deeper into anxiety in just a couple weeks, but, but I want you to know from this verse alone that anxiety is a part of life. And so what Peter does is he says, practically speaking, when you're struggling in that place, run to Jesus because Jesus cares for you and he'll see you through it. Over and over again in the Bible, we see examples of individuals who battle the same problems that we face today. Whatever you're struggling with, the Bible is a place to find hope and encouragement in your time of need. It is a living, breathing word of God that will speak to whatever it is that you're struggling with. Here's a third myth that we sometimes experience in Christian culture. Mental health challenges disqualify us from being used by God. Listen, I was, I was working on the sermon this morning and, and this is a pretty short point that I was gonna make. But as I was working on my sermon this morning, I, I just kept coming back to this place and I, I just felt like somebody struggles with this in this room right now. Like somebody is wrestling with this right now and they need to hear truth because this is holding them back from being who God wants them to be. Somebody honestly believes that because they're struggling with anxiety or depression or addictions or any number of other things that they are disqualified from making a difference in the kingdom of God. Man, but nothing could be farther from the truth. 
Listen, if, if you're feeling that way right now, I want you to put your eyes on me, okay? Because this is important and I want you to hear this. God turned the cross. Okay, this was a symbol of, of execution. It was a symbol of torture. It was a symbol of death. God turned that into a symbol of salvation that we decorate our homes and churches with. There is absolutely nothing we face, no burden we carry, and no diagnosis we have that God cannot redeem. That's what it says in, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. It says, you intended to harm me, but, but God, he intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Listen, these words are spoken by an individual who had experienced one hopeless situation after another, but now he finds himself in a place where God is using that mess to open up the doors for ministry. Hear me out, folks. If it were possible to disqualify ourselves from being used by God, every single one of us would have already done it by now. Whatever it is that you're going through today, it is gonna set you up for the opportunities that God has in store for you tomorrow. He has not forgotten you, he has not abandoned you, and he has not disqualified you. Your identity is not in your struggle, your identity is in the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right, let's talk about one more myth, okay? Because this is one that I think holds a lot of people back. This is one that no matter what your struggle is, whether it's mental health or something else, I think this is something that we wrestle with on a daily basis. And the myth is simply this, I'm alone in my struggle. I'm alone in my struggle. I'm alone in what I'm going through. I, I can't open up and be honest with anybody because nobody else has this struggle. Nobody else would understand what it is that I'm going through. Nobody would sympathize with me. They're only gonna judge me and, and hate me for what it is that I'm doing. Listen, I want you to know that that's the sound of Satan in your ear. Let me give you some statistics about mental health. One in five Americans will experience mental illness in a given year. That's over 50 million people. Nearly one in five people ages 18 to 54 will experience an anxiety disorder in a given year. Approximately one in 10 adults will suffer from a depressive illness each year. One in 25 Americans live with a serious mental illness such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or major depression. Many people suffer from more than one mental disorder at a given time. In particular, um, depressive illnesses tend to co-occur with substance abuse and anxiety disorders. The trends, okay, if you're reading the studies, the trends suggest that over 50% of people in America will be diagnosed with a mental illness or disorder at some point in their life. Over 50% of people will experience some kind of mental illness throughout their life. Listen, as you leave today, Kristen's gonna explain this in a few minutes, but we've got these banners set up where you can indicate that you struggle or, or someone you know struggles so that you can see that you are not alone. There are other people in this world. There are other people in this church. There are other people in your life that struggle too. And they wanna help see you through to the other side. But listen, more importantly than all that, God is with you. This is what it says in Psalm 34, 18. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. He is close, he sees you, 
and he cares. This is one of the clearest pictures we see of this in the Bible is found in the story of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are, they're praising the name of God and their life is threatened for it. The king says, if you keep doing what you're doing, I'm gonna throw you into the fiery furnace and you're gonna be put to death. These three guys, they, they know that God can save them. They say that. They say, if God chooses to, he can step in and he can deliver us from the flames. They say, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't show up, we're not going to do that. We're gonna be faithful to God and what he has called us to do. For whatever reason, God chooses not to step in and rescue them from the flames. Daniel chapter three, verses 22 through 25 tells us how the story ends. It says, the king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. God didn't rescue them. God didn't save them. He could have done it, but he didn't rescue them from going into the flames. But then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement, and he asked his advisors. He says, weren't there three men that were tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Listen, God did not rescue them from the fire, but he was with them in the fire. He didn't rescue them from going into the furnace, but he showed up and he strengthened them to withstand the fire to withstand the flame, to withstand the danger. God was there and he didn't leave their side. Today, in the midst of whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever pain you have in your life, whatever struggle is holding you down, whatever you've been wrestling with for years, God is with you in it. And he can provide you with strength to get through it. Listen, if you don't hear anything else that I say today, hear this. The sermon in a sentence, you are not alone in your struggle. You are not alone in your struggle. Man, as we just kick off this series, as we just introduce where we're gonna be going next, I want you to understand already that it is okay to not be okay. It's okay to open up and share the truth. It's okay to find yourself in a battle that you don't know how to win. It's okay to need help. God loves you. We love you and you are not alone. Listen, I'm gonna invite the band to come up here. We're gonna talk about some hard stuff this month. We're gonna deal with some real issues. And maybe today you're already at a point where, where God's breaking down some walls and bringing you to a place where you can experience his love in a different way. Maybe as we talk about these things, you just need to hear that in your mind over and over and over again, that you are not alone and that God is with you even in this. Maybe there's somebody that's on your heart and this is somebody that you know is struggling in a deep way and, and maybe you don't know how to help them, but maybe you need to come to a place where you recognize that, that you need to invite God into their life and allow God to speak through you to help them through whatever it is that they're going through. Maybe you're struggling and you've been struggling for a long time and maybe for the first time you feel like it's okay to begin expressing that you have issues in your life and offering those things to Jesus and letting him speak up and show up in your life. Listen, we're gonna sing a song in just a minute called Another in the Fire. We're gonna celebrate the fact that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not alone and neither are we. 
But I want you to know that while we sing this song, the altars are gonna be open. We're gonna have prayer partners at both sides right over here. There's a light that's gonna be on so that you can find them. But I want you to know we're gonna do something a little bit different. And I'm gonna need your help with this. Typically what we do is we allow these altars to be open and, and we don't really bother people that come to them most of the time. Okay, we trust that if you want somebody to pray with you, you'll go to one of the side sections and somebody will be there to pray with you. We kind of leave these open most of the time. We're not gonna do that today, okay? If you feel burdened by something and you come forward and you pray, whether you're praying for your own battle or the battle that somebody you know is going through, I want you guys, we don't have this structured, we don't have this planned, we don't have people ready. We're gonna ask you as the church to step in and come lay arms on them and pray for them and encourage them so that they can feel in real time that they are not alone and that they have an army of people around them that are gonna help them as they go through this journey this month. Sound good? All right, let me pray for us and then you guys can move. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence right now. God, ready to hear your spirit work, ready to see what you have to say. God, I, I pray that through this song as we proclaim these words that, God, you break down the barriers that are in our heart. Let us know that you love us. Let us know that you care, but let us know that we are surrounded by a church family that feels the same way. God, I pray that nobody in this room feels shame or judgment because of what they're going through. God, I pray that they feel nothing but love and encouragement. God, I pray that they begin to seek you in a way that they never have before. God, we're just kicking the series off right now, but God, I pray that even today you begin to move and work in a powerful, unmatched way. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.